So life lets me down and the lies tell me I've been abandoned and When the darkness surrounds and it seems that there's no hope inside I can call on your name and you release my pain, Lord, you hear me I can lean into you, Lord, and know that you'll carry me. Because I need for you to carry me up on your shoulders. You're releasing your peace with every breath that I breathe. I can call on your name and your love covers pain. There's no place that I would rather be right here with you. Safe in your arms, I'm washed in the blood. You see, fear is the enemy. Left to its lies, it'll break me. I won't be led to believe that all feelings I am should be trusted. I can let go fear as you open my eyes to your hand on me. I can lean into you, Lord. Know that you'll fight for me, Lord. You fight. Oh, I need for you to carry me up on your shoulders. You're releasing your peace with every breath that I breathe. And I can call on your name and you. Covers pain. There's no place that I would rather be than right here with you. I'm safe in your arms. I'm washed in the blood. You see all of the lies that fill up my mind. They come straight from the voice of the enemy. I will give up this pride and run straight to the fight Cause I know you're living in me Lord, I'll step across fear and surrender my life And become who you call me to be Who you call me to be I will trust you, Lord, because I need for you to carry me up on your shoulders. You're releasing your peace with every breath that I breathe. Lord, I call on your name and your love covers pain. There's no place that I'd rather be than right here with you. 
safe in your arms. I'm lost in the blood. I'm lost in the blood. I'm lost in the blood. Lord, I'm lost in the blood. afternoon everybody hope you're having a beautiful saturday weather is absolutely beautiful here in kentucky and this is what you're going to be getting here next week we're getting a little bit of rain tonight which we need and looking forward to that as well but i think right now i think the highest is going to be here during next week it's going to be 80 um other days are going to be right about 75 um a little bit cooler at night but this is great campfire weather so this is going to be perfect weather for this event and uh, um, any rain chances we have are very small chances of rain. So no big deal at all. It's going to be awesome. So everyone, welcome here to Kilted Christian episode 461, Brothers in a Bible. We're going to go over today's topic of Cyrus, which we're going to get to last night. But Colleen and I had a lot of news to talk about. So mm-hmm. Colleen, brother, how are you doing today? And Livin, you want to scream across to the mic? It'll be here on Monday. Hey, I'll be here on Monday with my mic. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be here right in time for the last episode that we do before Bard's Fest. That's a fantastic time. Yeah. Because it's it's like, a, it, what is it What is it in the business? It's called a teaser. Yeah, exactly. It's a teaser. It's a teaser. It's a teaser. I've been teased all week. <laughs> <laughs> but see, then he's going to test it out. He's going to turn it off. He's going to say, he's going to ask everybody, what does it sound like when she's far away? What does it sound like when she's close? Yeah, exactly. Who likes it better? On, off. On, off, on, on, on muted, off. not muted, not. <laughs> well, Conley, it's great to see you. Um, A and E looks like they may win this game, man. It's a close one. A and M, yeah, yeah, forty-seven to something. A and E, they're walking, walking, walking too much, walking. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's funny. That's, That's literally funny. what we've been watching today: Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's well, who knew that was going to be a training video, uh, yeah. a training series? <laughs> yeah. I know we actually <laughs> joked about that. We were like, "Man, who yeah. knew? Documentary, huh?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty much like the Terminator was just kind of a prophetic uh, movie. Yeah, exa- and and that other one, um, quarantine. Yeah. And quarantine, yeah, or pan- whatever the other one, not pandemic. What? Or the Last of Us. Yes. There's contagion. There's iRobot. I mean, there's all. There's so many oh, yeah. that all have so many applications. Oh, I'll have to ask Joe. I'll have to ask Joe Allen what his favorite movie is. Yeah, they're they're all um, every movie Matrix exactly like all the movies were really just documentaries. That's all they are. No, they couldn't have been documentaries because they didn't come last. They were pre-dimentaries. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, well, we, uh, you know, most everybody knows it's called predictive programming. Yeah, exactly. but I think it was just a glimpse into what they had already. I think there's, I think there's a fair amount of that. Tom Clancy was really good. He had a lot of connections within, you know, the intelligence community and within the, you know, the Department of Defense, and so that's how he was able to write his books as well as he did. So who's to say that other people don't, and then they kind of take what they hear and then go off on it and make a movie about it. Yeah. You know, look at the old, you know, the early mission impossible stuff and all the technology that they were using in the early mission impossibles. Oh no, it was all just, that was all the face masks. Yeah. Just a little, little foreshadowing. Same thing with, uh, you were talking about the other night, um, total recall with the whole, Mm -hmm. like, uh, um, the, the, the whole little mask thing that was, uh, yeah, hologram or whatever taking falling apart oh yeah 
Yeah, uh, and that was what, 80, 80 something, late 80s, 88, 89, maybe 90, 91. Oh, yeah. Hey, oh, look at that. Jeffrey's here. Jeff, man. We, I was going to tell you, I was actually going to get to that in a second and be like, hey, I talked to Jeff today. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Hey, Jeff. That's good. Hello, hey, Jeffrey. Jeff. How are you doing, brother? I hope you're feeling well. Yeah, he's he's up and down, but he's doing the right things. And um, I know he misses everybody. Talked about that earlier. And, uh, you know, I was going to actually tell you, we're going to do a little prayer, but pray for um, Insidious because uh, she got a job interview on Tuesday and she wants this and the timing of it couldn't be more um, perfect. So right on. Yeah. And God will bless him without Good a doubt. Stuff. Sure will. Sure will. Good to see you, Jeff. Yeah, it really is. It was great to talk to him. You know, I just, I, I, I hate that he's feeling bad, but he's uh, talking to a nutritionist and, uh, you know, rather than band-aiding the problem, like most people want to do, they're looking for the issue, you know, so, looking for the issue. Exactly. So awesome. it was awesome to get to talk to him today, man. I tell you, yeah, I just, you miss, I miss him. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I miss him. We, you we, bet. we mentioned him often on here and you guys know I miss him. Um, so we're not going to really go into much news today. The only thing that I was just really going to talk about was a Kim Paxton. Um, he was uh, acquitted on every single one of his things. So there was 20 total. They dropped four, went down to 16. He was acquitted to all 16 today, but there were still rhinos that ended up trying to, to vote a guilty vote. Um, these people need to get the boot. They need to be removed because they voted this way with zero evidence proof whatsoever. Matter of fact, everything that they were going out there for turned out to be nothing and they knew that in the trial and they still voted um that he was guilty which shows you that that was always their intentions most definitely most definitely that's the that's the um that's the very sinister part of all of this no never mind the fact that the house knew that they had nothing that's the that's the more that's the even sinister component to this the house of the rhinos in conjunction with the democrats over there pushed this through, voted to impeach him, and now he is acquitted. And if this actually stains the impeachment process, no different than what they did the two times they did with Trump. Yeah. You know, it, it, and, and they've, they've, they've tried to spin the impeachment of President Clinton to just making it about sex, and it was never about that. It was never just about that if he had whatever i had relations no, he, with that he, woman he did not have relations with i that did woman. not have relations with that woman you know and that's what not what it was about it was the fact that he first of all he lied under oath about it you can't do that and it also had to do with the rose law firm and hillary clinton so it's uh it's not a sad day in texas it's just a very enlightening day in texas oh yeah exactly and the retribution is coming it is coming. The, the, the Republican rhinos are going to be gone and they're going to be primaried, primaried well and primaried hard. And then same with the Democrats, same the, 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 the senators and the ones in the House. Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a house cleaning. It's going to be a big house cleaning. And I'm ready for mm -hmm. it, man. We, we need some big change and things are about to get really crazy in this world. Now they're talking about what the Nefa virus or something like that. Some new they're, they're putting up a. Uh, quarantine tents all over England right now because of some like no cure virus, Nephila, Nephila, something like that, that, uh, 75% kill rate. So there is your next scare tactic guys. Yeah. And, uh, they're we're already talking about it. Um, Jeff said today that there was a, uh, you know, the little trucks and tents and stuff, I guess out in the parking lots now at stores, you know what that means? 
it's it's shot time. It's vaccination it's shot time. time and quarantine time. Yeah, yep. we, we trying went, to get your PCR test for the mad Rona disease. Oh yeah, we went to our store today, and right there was uh, make sure you come get your uh your vac shots available today. Well, I was talking to a friend of mine in Missouri, you know, at the Walgreens, and or had went into the Walgreens, and they've got free flu shots, free, free. Oh yeah, remember you had to pay for them. Now they're free. Oh, free. Mm-hmm. You mean after all those humans they tested on, they're still going to give it to us for free? And that was zero yeah. humans, by the way. It was 10 rats, yeah. and some of them died. But this is how they spin it. They're like, but not all of them died. No, actually, it was, uh, but more lived than died. You know, right. And the question was, did, did the six that live get cured? I'm going to say no. No, I'm going to say no. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. They haven't really said anything if this protects you against the previous strains or not. Yeah. So you can still be susceptible to the Delta, the Kraken, the Omicron, and the first original Rona. And then you're going to be susceptible to everything else that comes after it. Yep. Like the murder hornet virus and, uh, and mm-hmm. the laser shooting lemur virus. And, uh, yep. The closet lemming virus that's coming. If down. they go full Chinese and tell you to bend over and not try to put it in your arm, we're screwed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. My my mom asked me today. She's like, you know, so so what's going on in this world? And I was like, well, uh, aliens invaded, but that's okay because the zombies ate the aliens, and then uh, a disease wiped out the zombies. <laughs> like it's it's gonna kind of be one thing after the other like that. And we joke, but they're they're throwing everything out. They're they're pushing this whole <laughs> zombie thing. They're pushing this whole alien thing, which means at the very least, we're gonna get the the fake version of all of this stuff. On a, on, a, on a good note, though, Mom, we harvested a fourteen-pound cucumber, so that's <laughs> yeah. what we're really—that's what we're really focused on. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Was that was that an heirloom cucumber? It was an heirloom cucumber, and because your soil was made properly, and you got the good biofunginome stuff down in the bottom of it, let all this, let all the, let, yeah, let all the, let all the zombies do their stuff. Just make sure your garden's producing what it's supposed to be. No, no, exactly. See, I'm just excited because of all those chemtrails they're dumping because um. Back in the day, we used to have to like pull the green beans off the stock, but now the green beans pull themselves off the stock, chase you down with <laughs> knives. Like, <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, but it's all good, man. As long as the jalapenos and the peppers are hot, that's all that matters. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, we uh we had a great meal tonight, man. I made my oh, first yeah. uh quesadillas. Quesadillas. The Scottish version. Of, yeah, the Scottish version of quesadilla. The quesadillas. You're going to have to introduce them over there at Yoder's. Oh, I know, man. <laughs> With my very own version of the Taco Bell Cusadilla sauce. <laughs> yes. Cusadilla salsa. I know. I'm like, hey, cool. I got to, I finally got to use cumin. Yeah. For the first time ever. <laughs> ever? Dude. Like, what is this? What is this stuff? What is this stuff for? <laughs> what does this stuff do? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, well, it's sitting over here in the back and it's all caked real hard in the jar, like turmeric. Oh, that's okay. You just like beat it against the counter, man. It, it, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's <laughs> like a brown sugar. <laughs> exactly. Cumin. Awesome. What a name. Cumin. What a name for a herb. I know. Even, even, even a little bit of paprika. Like the things that I never use, I found the use for today. Yes. And then you're going to be like, wow, we're going to start using this more. And then your level of cooking just kind of increased. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, now I know how to cook uh, Scottish Mexican food. 
You do, Scottishkin. Yeah, Scottishkin. Exactly, man. Or um, yeah, yeah, that that works as good as anything. Scottish. Start putting. You're gonna start putting cumin in the coffee. Yep. Like, honey, we're having coffee cumin. No, nope. He only drinks black coffee. Black coffee. That's yes. That's all I drink too. But yep. Now that you found a new use for things, you're like, well, let's put turmeric and cumin in the coffee. See what that does. Yeah, exactly. Like I was telling her earlier, she goes, you don't have anything in your coffee, huh? I said, I like my coffee black, like my nights Mm -hmm. and (laughs) and my, and my beer. (laughs) And then, and 90% of one dog and 40% of another, because I got a border collies and that, that joke because they're black and white. I like my coffee, like the thoughts of liberals, black and dark. <laughs> yeah. Scott, yeah, there we Scott, go. Scott, Scott. Scott <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna I'm gonna combine every meal that I make is a form of like one culture mixed with a little Scottish, you know, like uh like um we're gonna be making some haggis fajitas. I know she's really looking forward to the haggis fajitas. That's just gonna taste like butt. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. My uh my black pudding fettuccine. But it'll have cumin in it. It'll have a little cumin. Exactly. You said you liked everything with cumin. Now all of a sudden, now you got a problem with uh now you got a problem with my uh my my blood pudding um fettuccine. <laughs> this is tasty. It's sprinkled with cumin. Cumin is good on in eggs. I like it in eggs. Oh, yeah. Cumin? Cumin, yeah. Or haggis. Oh, no haggis. I, I haven't tried that, but I'm willing to try it. Okay. So then you can't say, oh, no haggis like that until oh, no. you've had it. No, no, no. I ha- no. I like, I want to try haggis. I hear so much about it, but cumin is good in eggs. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to, um, the white tenor, we're definitely going to open up a coup restaurant. Matter of fact, uh, go back and watch the episode of the Conley show where we <laughs> yeah. literally spent the entire episode giving <laughs> menus it. for our coupe <laughs> Yeah, because I thought we were going to call it Cuckoochies. Yeah, we're going to call it Cuckoo Cachoos. Cuckoo Cachoos. Yep, with uh, with our Cooper grape. Cooper grape. Mm-hmm. Uh, grape. Everything's got a cow name. Cougar, yogurt. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you were going to serve us. Uh, what was it? It wasn't soft. It was Kubert for uh, Sherbert. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sure, exactly. Yeah, everything will be made from uh, coo milk and coo yeah. beef. It'll, yeah, because we'll have barbecue. Barbecue. A barbecue. Mm-hmm. Not your pets, the ones we're gonna get elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Like barbecue. Um, like our uh, our meal tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kufritas. So, I mean, that would be. Was that? Kufritas. Yeah, Kufritas. Exactly, like, man. We got everything made of coo milk from coo milk and and coo meat. It's gonna be awesome. And what do we do on our Saturdays? Livid and I sit here looking at coup videos uh-huh. of the miniature healing coups. Man, oh my gosh, those things are awesome. So cute. We need to get you out more. Yeah, I know we do. <laughs> um, we definitely do. You know, um, Steve talks about the goober great. We actually, uh, we checked our stores out and our stores all around here have both the uh, goober grape and yeah. strawberry goober grape. Yes. So Jeff, another reason to come visit us. That's right. Uh, and and, and Steve's, Steve's, Steve's going to load up while he's there. Totally. Yes. And Insidious, I've got some of the best coffee ever right here waiting for you. Yep. Actually, we don't yet, but I'll make sure it's here by the time they come. <laughs> it's got a little touch of cumin in it. <laughs> cumin. <laughs> it's way too easy, man. That's a, the easiest menu in the world, man. To name something with the coup name. Yep. 
But uh, last thing I want to talk about before we get into topic tonight, which is uh, Cyrus, which we were going to get into last night, is uh, there's this new thing. So if you guys are bike riders, watch your six. I, I'd recommend getting a force field around your bike if that's all possible. But these idiots are riding around now. They're stealing cars um, and they're running people off the road and they're running over bikers. And they're laughing about it, filming it like this is the greatest thing ever. And uh, the one that happened in Las Vegas, there was another one that happened in California. So this is this is the new, I guess, the new um, TikTok thing. I don't know. They'll probably call it the new TikTok thing. Yeah. But the the grossest thing, though, was the write up in the newspaper. Because once again, I'm, I'm not picking on any culture or anything, but it, it always seems to be like urban um, city folk that are doing this, stealing the cars and running over. And this is literally what the newspaper said. Ex-police chief dies in bike crash. Yeah. Bike crash. Boy, talk about, man, talk about <laughs> underselling that one. <laughs> Just flat out covering it up. Yeah, that was, um, out, and th- that video, those were hard to watch, man. It, it just, it, it angers me. And I know I'm not supposed to get angry because that wasn't righteous anger. That was, uh, that was like anger, anger. Watching these people literally just, they're filming it. They're running over people. They're laughing. Like it's the best funny thing ever. And mm-hmm. both of them ended up dying. So it's just, nope, it's, it's come again. It's disgusting. So if you are uh, bike riders, um, unless you live in this lovely Mennonite Amish community that I live in, you guys will be okay here. But uh, in the cities, just watch out. Be careful. It's disgusting. And even more disgusting were some of the comments that I was reading in some of those uh, sections where they were just like, yeah, man, I hate bicyclists too. It's like, do you hate them enough to kill them just because you're inconvenienced a little bit? Because I get annoyed when I get stuck behind a biker on the side of the road, not going to lie, but I've never thought about running them over, running them off the road not even sticking a stick in the spokes of their bikes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's amazing. But we were warned, scripture talks about this. We were going to live in a world of deviance and people that love themselves and the lost generation. And here we are. Yeah. And they don't care. Yeah. You know, remember, remember back in the day, it was just a joke. How many points could you get for that? How many points? No, no, that for? was from the movie Death Race 2000. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're taking it for real. Oh, no, we used to just joke about that. Yeah, because like I said, it came from the movie. If you guys haven't seen Death Race 2000, like you get a certain amount of points, the younger they are, a certain amount of points, the older they are. Um, You know, the whole community is involved or the whole nation was involved in this. Like it was a pretty crazy movie with uh, Frankenstein and uh, that was Sylvester Stallone was in that Machine Gun Joe. Mm hmm. Um, it was a decent like B film, but yeah, we used to joke about that. It's like, I wonder how many points there were, but no one ever did it. You know what I'm saying? Like the biggest trouble that we made was nothing compared to like the least amount of trouble people get into today, you know, because we may have hurt someone's feelings with the, with the rabble rousing that we did, but we certainly didn't kill anybody. Mm-mm. No, not on purpose. Not yeah. at the level they're doing this. It's Cause everyone's just. Satan's got the hold of the grip of a lot of people. They're all desensitized. Um, you know, they used to show oh, those video games are going to make kids violent one day. Well, apparently those video games made people violent one day. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. Sure desensitize them to yeah, a lot man. of stuff. Oh. So we'll get into tonight's topic. Um, so we've been discussing over um, this week. We chose, because of all this going on in the world um, and how 
sometimes it just feels chaotic and it feels hopeless. So we decided to do the topics of this week on biblical events that that used questionable events or questionable people to serve God's purpose because God is the ruler and the creator of absolutely everything. So he can use beautiful circumstances to fit his service, but he can also use chaos in order to fit his service. So one of the examples that we used here in this world was um, how God has been gifting us, literally gifting us with juxtaposed hypocrisy. So, you know, we'll see, you know, for instance, the people that were standing against the election, you know, results so hardcore during Trump are the same ones now saying, how dare you go against these elections? Um, the, the, the newest gift that actually came to us last night was uh, um, Lauren Boebert apparently was at a movie theater with on a date and he was touching yeah. her little woman part, you know, the top woman part. Just copping a field. Woman. Yeah, just copping a little field, you know. Basically, if you guys remember when you were teenagers in the movie theater, yeah, nothing that no, no, nothing that we haven't done at some point, I think, you know. Um, but it, it's now the outrage about this is just unbelievable because they are going out there saying sexually explicit and all this other stuff. Um, so she was sitting at Beetlejuice. It was a, you know, dark theater and so forth. Um and, and my, my first question is, um, when did movie theaters start getting like high definition night vision cameras? <laughs> right. Because they were mm -hmm. like zoned in on her section. Um, you know, so they, they must have been keeping an eye on her. But anyways, you know, the hypocrisy, I got to give credit to Lauren Boebert for the remark that she came back with. She goes, after thinking long and hard, after these videos have been released, I've decided to resign once every Democrat that has been involved in the LGBT movement and their debauchery resigns first, you know, and, mm -hmm. and but that was, that's the point that I'm talking about is the juxtaposition, the hypocrisy, because these guys are doing some of the nastiest things you've ever seen on the streets in front of children. And all of a sudden they got a bone to pick because yeah. Lauren, Lauren Boebert's date touched her boob in a dark theater. Well, you couldn't miss them either though. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was reaching to wipe off. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was definitely reaching. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to reach across her and he got stuck. Stuck, yeah. Yep. But, yeah, so um, this the hypocrisy is, is insane. But God, once again, uses these things because we're seeing it um, over and over and over. We're seeing these wonderful examples of how they do or say one thing. And then you, you, they do and say another thing right now. It all depends on where this fits. So thank you, Lord, because people are waking up. Um, I saw a great video that a living sent me earlier that was uh, juxtaposed. Um, what was it, about 15 or 16 different black people yeah. um, talking about, yeah, well, I'll, well, yeah, I'll play this one. Well, not nah, because there's a lot of curse words and this is a, oh, Saturday, this is a Saturday, Saturday show. Yeah. But um, nonetheless, a lot of people are coming around and they're waking up and, and, this whole Trump indictment thing really backfired. They thought they were going to lose um, support and Trump's done nothing but gain support. And then, uh, you know, DeSantis got the great idea of bringing, or, you know, the team of mixing up with Romney and, and uh, all these guys. So that's certainly really not going to help. Matter of fact, I'm waiting to watch his uh, numbers drop again as Trump's go up a little bit higher and higher and higher. But um, nonetheless, it's, it's interesting. Like I said, God uses, um, events and people that we never thought were possible. And we've already gone over Habakkuk. We've gone over uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Tonight, we're going to go over Cyrus. So here's the question. Who was Cyrus in the Bible? So Cyrus is a king. He's mentioned more than 30 times in scripture. 
and is identified under multiple names. So some of the names is Cyrus the Great, Cyrus the Second, Cyrus the Elder, um, who reigned over Persia between 539 and 530 BC. So he was a pagan king, and it's important in the Jewish history because it was under his rule that the Jews were first allowed to return to Israel after 70 years of captivity. So in one of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible, the Lord revealed that Cyrus's decree to free the Jews to Isaiah. So 150 years before Cyrus lived, the um, prophet calls him by name and gives details of Cyrus's benevolence to the Jews. So um, we've been talking about prophecies um, unfolding right in front of our eyes. Jeff and I had a great conversation about this earlier. Um, you know, it's, it, I wouldn't say it's, it's not unnerving, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it's awe-inspiring more than anything, just to watch God's prophetic words and, and the, the, the visions that he gave these prophets happening right in front of us. And these things were determined like 2000 years ago. And then here we have an example in scripture like I said, um, hundreds of years prior, 150 years prior, Cyrus' um, name was mentioned in Scripture about what he was going to do. So um, this is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him. I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor, though you do not acknowledge me. This is Isaiah 45, 1 and 4. You can also find this in 41, 2 through 25 and 42, 6. So invincing his sovereignty over all nations, God says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and will accomplish all that I please. Isaiah 44, 28. Um, Cyrus's decree um, releasing the Jewish people and fulfillment of prophecy is recorded in 2 Chronicles 36, 22 through 23. And now in the first of the Cyrus king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in the writing. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, um, which is in Judea. Um, whoever is among you, of all of his people, may the Lord his God be with him. Let him go up. Other Old Testament books that mention Cyrus include Ezra and Daniel. So um, we've talked about, you know, and it's awesome though. Um, another thing that we were talking about is how all of these early Testament prophets um, and, and the characters, and I don't want to call them characters, but the people within scripture all kind of fit into each other. Because, you know, we talked about Nebuchadnezzar. We talked about how Daniel um, was so beneficial in the progression of Nebuchadnezzar, you know, going from a pagan God to one thinking he himself was a God to literally repenting and um, believing that our God of gods in heaven is the only God. Um, and then how does that fall in? Is that Habakkuk, who we also discussed, um, who's... Um, whose book was actually kind of, a, you know, his relationship conversations with God and uh, how everything that he was dealing with then we are dealing with right now. And Jeff said earlier in the conversation I had with him is it's amazing, you know, to use the old cliche, history repeats itself. 
And, you know, so what we're dealing with today was what he was dealing with back then. But remember, God was the one that asked Habakkuk to go deliver the food to Daniel so that he could eat while he was in the lion's den. So all of these people that, that God has destined and worked with, you know, that have put into certain situations to make great change, kind of interconnected with each other. And here we do, we find that again, is it Cyrus? Um, these things were mentioned in Old Testament books. Like I said, Ezra and Daniel were two of them that this was mentioned in. So King Cyrus actively assisted the Jews in rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem under uh, Zerubbabel, man, I probably butchered that, and Joshua the high priest. So Cyrus restored the temple's treasures to Jerusalem and allowed building expenses to be paid from the royal treasury. And this is Ezra 1, 4 through 11 and 6, 4 through 5. So Cyrus, um, um, Cyrus helped to restore the temple worship practices that had languished during the 70 years the Jews were in captivity. Some commentators point to Cyrus's decree to rebuild Jerusalem as the official beginning of Judaism. So among the Jews deported from Judah um, at a later placed under the rule of Cyrus included the prophet Daniel. In fact, uh, we were told that Daniel served until at least the third year of King Cyrus, approximately 536 BC. You can find that and Daniel 10.1. That being the case, Daniel likely had some personal involvement in the decree that was made in support of the Jews. The historian um, Josephus says that Cyrus was informed of the biblical prophecies written about him. So um, this is in the inequities of the Jews, um, um, one, one, two. So the natural person to have shown Cyrus the scrolls was more than likely Daniel, who is a high-ranking official in Persia. And this is in Daniel 6, 28. So I love, man, Daniel pops up all over the place, man. He was, um, you know, like I said, he not only did he, was he a prophet, but he also, um, you know, basically broke down the dreams that Nebuchadnezzar was having. He himself had some dreams. The angels were very apparent in his life. And remember that the dreams that Nebuchadnezzar had wasn't just like random dreams. They were dreams that were handed down by the heavenly father, like from the kingdom, because even though Nebuchadnezzar was a very pagan um, and arrogant king, he still had great respect in the kingdom. And ultimately he ended up being someone who I'd imagine changed a lot of hearts because imagine all of the people that worshiped and, and or that he ruled over. And then Nebuchadnezzar comes around. He finds that God, our God of heaven, um, the God of, of Isaac ends up being the real God. And imagine all the hearts of those people that he changed. And then Daniel who helped him out was also in the life of another pagan King who was Cyrus. So, you know, so a lot of people, um, at first when, you know, Trump was coming around, were like, Hey, well, Trump was used by God. He was anointed by God or he was chosen by God. And people are like, there's no way that Trump could have been chosen by God because Trump isn't a great person. And I won't dispute that he, that he was, or wasn't, like I said, I, I don't know. I haven't, God hasn't told me that, you know, Trump was anointed or not anointed, but I've, I've had multiple examples, um, just this week of how God has used people that you never thought he would have used to serve his great purpose. And, um, I, you guys know quite well how I feel about Trump. Um, <laughs> I don't trust any man. I trust God. I trust Jesus. End of story. 
Um, and then I trust you guys and I trust some of my close friends, but nobody running for office or anything like that. Um, I won't deny it. It's still yet to be seen, but as you guys know, um, cautious, optimistically cautious. So besides his dealings with Jews, um, Cyrus is known for his advancement in human rights, his brilliant military strategy and his, uh, bridging of the Eastern and Western cultures. So he was a king of tremendous influence and a person that God used to help fulfill an important old Testament prophecy. So God uses, uh, or uses Cyrus as a shepherd for his people illustrates the truth of Proverbs 21, one, the King's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He directs it like a water course whenever he pleases. All right. So that's what I've got on, on Cyrus and I've got some other stuff too, but I wanted to carry on this conversation, you know, kind of back and forth between uh, me Conley living and so forth and just kind of going over just this example and other examples is that, you know, one thing that I see about a lot of people when they, you know, when I'm like, Hey, do you know who Jesus is? And they'll be like, well, you know, I'm not worthy of Jesus. And, and I'm like, are you not like, you know, are, are we not all the children of God? So why aren't you, why don't you feel worthy? Because I, I've spent a life in sin. And, you know, my, my thing is, uh, you know, technically no one is worthy, but God still loves us. And he sent his son down here to give us a chance. And we spend this time after we have that relationship with God, um, bettering ourselves, trying to better other people, not like indignant judgment upon people, but pointing out like, look, you know, maybe you ought to try this and, uh, you know, let go of that sinful life. And maybe this will work for you a little bit better, you know, um, it's like we always say, you're never going to fix, you're never going to um, ask the problem for the solution. And that's kind of what sin is. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't keep on sinning in order to better your life. It's not going to work. It's about letting that go, letting go of your old self, because there's a reason you don't die. You technically do. You're, you're reborn the moment that you accept Christ into your heart. And some people like myself like I said, I had to find out how real the devil was before I started taking my journey down the, um, the path following Christ. Um, some people were lucky to be born into it. Um, we need to do a better job now letting our kids be born into knowing who Christ is so they can have that faith and be able to have that faith of the mustard seed, you know, the small little tiny mustard seed so that our kids can start moving mountains from the get go. One of the reasons that we can't move mountains, do the healing and stuff is because we're taught that we can't. You know, a lot of people focus so much on the sacrifice of Christ, which is very important, but they often forget about the lessons of Christ. You know, while he was on this earth, everything that he taught us, go off and do greater things than me. So we become better people. The more we get to know God, the easier it becomes. Now, certain parts of our lives get way more difficult knowing God. I mean, trust me, knowing Christ doesn't make your life completely easy. It just makes it easier for you to recognize sin. It makes it easier for you to realize when you're doing something wrong, but it also means that Satan's going to come after you pretty hardcore. So, um, Conley, God using questionable events and questioning questionable people to serve his purpose. Um, you know, one thing that I can say about Trump, and we've said this before, is if I was in Trump's position and was president of the United States and they were coming after me like him, and I'm a pretty strong person, I'd probably have days underneath the Oval Office desk crying, going, get me out of here. I don't want to be there. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, Trump, pretty strong guy. 
you know what I'm saying? He, he can take the punches um, without a doubt. And I just think the reason I'm bringing that up because I find this to be a good example is that, you know, Cyrus was a, a very good at military and he had a lot of attributes that were needed in order to fulfill the destiny that God had created. Nebuchadnezzar um, had a huge following of a lot of pagans, but God used him because he was still a great warrior. He was still a great military. You know what I'm saying? There was some like very admirable attributes of him other than the whole pagan thing. Um, but God needed that to be the king of, at that time of Babylon in order to wake up the people that lived in Babylon. Because remember, I always use the term um, land of affliction. Is that uh, Daniel, Joseph, like these are examples of people that were living in a land that didn't belong to them. Matter of fact, uh, Babylon was the exact opposite of everything that Daniel represented. But God needed him there in order to wake up the pagan king who ultimately ended up waking up, I want to say at least 50% of the people that lived there because they respected what the man thought because of those attributes. And then God saw them ahead of time as well. So take it away. <laughs> take it away. <laughs> take it away. Amen. Thanks for listening to Kilted Christian. It's <laughs> good stuff. Look, you know, there were four kings, right? There were four kings at that time. And Cyrus was one of them. But Cyrus was one of the ones that could actually, or was the one that actually let people assimilate. He didn't, he didn't, the other three forced, forced the, the, the conquering culture onto the Jews, right? But Cyrus let them be themselves, which then allowed them to build the temple. So God obviously used him for that, but he had to use the conquering part because Israel was still being very disobedient. It, yeah. It, he, they weren't conquered because they were doing the right thing. Put it that way, right? Yeah. You know, so God used Cyrus and told people that it was coming, which kind of given them an, an opportunity to kind of pivot and change, and they didn't necessarily do that. And they just kept wandering away. And what Jeff said, you know, told you earlier about history repeating itself, it is, it's, it will, it will always do that. Because the one constant always within history is sin and Satan. Yes. And right. So if you to put it in today's terms, it's not, you know, here we are, we're saddled with Biden or the people around him who are actually running the country. Why? Because we are, we've wandered away from what we um, had initially become from a political standpoint as a country. But primarily, we've wandered away from God. Yes. And so he's using this time. We talk about the great awakening for people to awaken up to the deep state. More importantly, people are waking up to the, the very real actuality of spiritual warfare and evil. And in my opinion, that is the great awakening itself. It's people waking up to God and trying to while they're searching and looking for things, God's put everybody here right now to be able to tell them what that is. So it's not just a deep state awakening. We want, we want them to see what Biden is doing so that we can 
vote for somebody else differently. Mm -hmm. God's using it in a much different way. I'm going to let you see and experience all of this stuff. And there's more, I think, very similar things that the Israelites experienced coming down the road because there are, we may have repented or not may have, we have repented, but we're still going to have to go through it because there's still parts of our family and his kids that have not. Yes. That's who he's really trying to get their attention. We're here to help deliver the message to them. Mm-hmm. We're going to be the recipients of them not wanting to listen and to turn away. That makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because you got like examples of the bad people who have come around to being good. You've got sure. examples of the good ones that ended up being bad. And we use David as an example. Like David, you know, had some pretty righteous things that he did early in his life. But as he got older, he did a couple questionable things. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, living permission to use an analogy. Yes. Okay. Got so I was a little stubborn kid. Okay. Oh, and, really? Yeah, I was a little stubborn <laughs> kid. So my mom would be like, hey, don't touch that pot. It's hot. And I'm like, okay. And what did I do? I touched the pot and I ended up burning my finger and I'm like, Oh, that's what you mean by hot. Um, it wasn't my mom's lesson of don't touch the pot. It's hot that I learned from. It was touching the pot and burning my finger that made me wake up. Um, and often I feel in these cases is a lot of these people that were questionable pagan, you know, going down that wrong path, God set on a path and they ended up waking up in the process of it because they metaphorically burned their finger. How? How did they wake up? They woke up through um, serving God's purpose and then seeing reality and seeing yes. the re- how, how real God was. Okay. Yeah. But, and and I'm, you're, we're getting into that point back to kind of what we were just talking about. Different, different than Paul, right? It, where Paul's, Paul's awakening was um, solo. It was, it was individual. It was on the road to Damascus. And his and his meeting with the angel, and then he became Paul, right? That's the very cliff notey paraphrasy thing. Yes. In most of the other events, though, it took people like Daniel. It took people to to impart who God is, and that. And they got Daniel had to go in the lion's den. That's kind of that's what I was just talking about earlier. We may experience that very same thing. But it, 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 you may, your, your, your life will be the example to them. And that is what is awakening them. Mm-hmm. It's your message to them. And then they finally get it. It won't be just this sudden epiphany and like, you know, where they're just sitting in the bedroom and no one's talked to them and God just goes whack. And they're like, well, now I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. That does happen just like Paul. But more often than not, it takes, it takes believers giving that message out, using their voice to tell the folks who aren't living according to God, this is what you need to do. If he, if it wasn't that way, you never, we never would have used, he never would have used the apostles. Yes. Because it wasn't for the apostles. They wouldn't have traveled to Ethiopia. They wouldn't have spread the word all throughout that part. And yeah, I sent you that text earlier today showed you how many and how those men died oh yeah which wasn't just 
I think it was, uh, they, they didn't die well. Well, I mean, they died well, oh, no, they, but they, they just did not pass away. They, they died in the greatest way that you could die serving God. But yes, exactly. they didn't die of old age. Matter of fact, no. they, they were beheaded, hung upside down, hung, crucified. Um, the only Matter of fact, one of the few that wasn't was uh, John the Elder, and they just couldn't kill him. So they're like, let's go dump him off on that island. Um, but I was surprised. So guys, I'm going to let you know now, um, Peter did not die of COVID. <laughs> no, he did not. And James did not die from too much mask. Yeah, he didn't. Too wear, much yeah, James dioxide. didn't die of a dirty mask. <laughs> yeah. Although if it had happened today, they would have been like, died of COVID, died mm -hmm. of COVID, yeah. died of COVID. <laughs> and again, who did he use? He went and picked up. He went and picked up fishermen. He went and picked up a tax collector. They needed a medic, so they they got they got a guy named Luke. Got Luke. <laughs> Luke. You know, and then they also picked up a dude named Judas to handle the money who Jesus knew was taking it and who knew what he was doing, knew what he was going to do and obviously needed him, but still picked him up. But they were all flawed even after, even after hanging around Christ for so long. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they still question these guys are around Christ every day or not every day, but a, a good bit. And they mm -hmm. still and they still had their times of doubt. They questioned them, and then we go back to Peter and the rooster. <laughs> Not the rooster. Yep. Yeah. The rooster. And he didn't do it just once. He did it the, as many times as Christ told him he was going to, and that was three. Exactly. But God still used him then. But it still took people, still took those men and women in the Bible to push that push that message, push it. They pushed it. They presented it to to different kings and. You know, different people in their cities and different towns. And they were ridiculed, but a lot of people got saved. That's yes. a, it's just no different than what we're doing now. If history is going to repeat itself in a negative way, history can repeat itself in the positive ways at the no, same time. Absolutely. And like I said, is it it all depends on how you look at it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because uh, you know, death we would consider a negative, but dying serving God, I would consider a positive. You know, mm -hmm. and, and you got to remember, um, you know, I think it's a, it's good that you brought that up. I'm glad you did about the apostles, disciples, the way that they all died. Um, it wasn't pretty, but it didn't keep them from serving their mission. And they more than I, I would bet they all ended up in heaven with the exception of the one that hung himself yeah. or Judah. Yeah. Um, or as uh, C.L. Klein says, the Federal Reserve, that that would be Judah if it was a uh, yeah. oh, if it was an organization. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know we may end up in that time too. Times are getting ugly. They're turning, they're, they're going against Christianity more than ever. You heard that video that I played for you last night. Um, if you didn't go check, uh, we actually have it. Did we put that in, in our, uh, yeah, in our Kilted Christian? If not, we'll make sure to get it in there. But that was the uh, female preacher that was literally calling Noah's Ark a myth. Oh, <laughs> and then said that, yeah, and then yeah. God regretted what he did. So he promised to never flood the earth again. And rainbows are now the sign of the gay people. Um, you know, so we're, we're in a very bad place right now. Not only are they turning, trying to turn against Christians, they're going after Christians as much as they can. At some point they'll probably try to remove our Bibles. And I say, uh, yeah, you, you say hello to say hello to my little friend. Um, you're never going to take my Bible, mm -mm. but that's but why you know what? Go ahead. I was Go gonna ahead. say that's why the Bible should be within your heart at this point. Um, 
You know, that's why it's important not only to read scripture, to get to understand it better and get to understand the word of God, but to also have that memorized because if they remove those books, we still have the gospel. And, and you, you know, you, it's interesting. You used, um, you were saying it, that things are going to get worse. Things are, you know, we're in tough times right now, which we are, and we are. But again, if you look back into, uh, Daniel, or if you look back into Samuel or first Kings or any of those, and if you look back into, look at what uh, Paul was writing, the letters he had to write to uh, Corinth and Thessalonica and Colossus, you know? Yeah. Why? Well, the church was in disarray there and he couldn't leave because he was in jail. So it's not like anything. God's not putting us in a, in a totally unique situation. It's unique for us because we haven't really experienced a lot of it. But it, we have, we definitely have the Bible to be able to draw from so that we can learn a lot of things, but we can learn how to act and operate in those times of distress. Yes. Those are, those are fantastic examples of that. Each one of you, each one of us has the exact same metal, had the exact same type of character and integrity and courage all instilled with us because we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, no different than those people did. That's it. Now, you may feel like you're going to have a Jonah moment and take off and just go shaking your head. No, make sure you're not around any water because you know what happened to that cat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't want to end up in a whale's belly. Yeah, just make sure the humpbacks aren't around. But every one of us has the same thing. Why? Because he made us in his image. Yes. And then he, they, then he said in the Gospels that Christ gave us the same thing greater than he exactly you know jeff says now it's all paraphrased bible basic instructions before leaving earth and you know one thing is uh i said before is with the scottish see the british or the romans who became the brits um removed any information they could from scotland you know they didn't want people passing down knowledge because the early scots even the pagans um were extremely smart understanding medicine and a lot of different worldly attributes that's how there's lions on scottish flags you know what i'm saying it was the druids that actually went all the way south into the areas you know like africa egypt and so forth and then brought that information back up um so they they were smart people they had a lot of knowledge but remember knowledge can be dangerous too if you don't know how to use it in the right way but um they tried to destroy all literature anything that was written by the scots so scottish society celtics in general would pass information down from father to son or mother to daughter, and it would be memorized. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot easier to burn a book than it is to kill a human. Um, you know what I'm saying? You've got other judgments that you got coming your way if you end up killing a human. So you got to be careful because uh, books don't rebel. Um, family does. So um, I had a vision, gosh, it was probably 10 years ago, maybe a little bit less than that. And in my dream, God told me, um, that I needed to make some Bible covers for Bibles, but make the Bible covers not look like there's a Bible inside of them, and then to bury those those Bibles. So I made three of them. I ended up um, designing the cover on the front and the back to not look like it was, there was scripture inside of this bookcase, and then I put them inside of a sealed tin and buried them. So I've got three Bibles that are buried in different areas. 
um, just to make sure that, you know, no matter what happens, no matter how hard they come after scripture, there's still Bibles that are around. And I'd imagine if God asked me to do that and to bury them, um, he'll send somebody to know exactly where they were buried. That's the way that I saw it anyways. And even if it was just a weird dream, I wasn't not going to do it because in my dream, I woke up, I was convinced it was God. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yes, sir. I will do that. Yeah. It's like the book of Eli where he ended up like straight up memorizing scripture. I was just about to say, if you guys are looking for something to do because you don't feel called to go do whatever, be in your school boards, do whatever you can definitely. And here's the neat thing. I just realized this myself, this while you were talking about memorizing things, I always took it to, as a task and homework to try to memorize scripture. N now, not realizing that it's important, not just because for me to know it, it's also important for me be, to be able to tell people, you know, straight away, look this verse up or that kind of thing. But at the same time, if that were to happen, what you're talking about, who's going to dictate the Bible? If you don't know it, yeah. who, how are you going to be able to, to tell anybody if you don't have the Bible app in your phone because it's not working and you don't happen to, and they take your Bible away or you don't happen to have it? Yeah. That's I, one of the important things that God says, you know, learn my word. Learn my, exactly. And then spread it from nation to nation, including especially, mm -hmm. especially the gospel. Exactly. Um, you know, and I've never been great at memorizing scripture word for word of where it is, but mm -hmm. God did give me the ability to remember and to be able to tell the story. You know what I'm saying? So, yes. the, so I can still, I can still give the message and spread the story. Um, I would be more suitable for kids. <laughs> I, think than I, chast I chastise that yeah, for kids. That's right. For kids. Cause I talk in crayon writing. Yeah, exactly. I, I talk I agree in I feel you. <laughs> you know, what's interesting. And I've always kind of chastised myself about that because you, you know how easy it is that we can, how easy it is for us to be able to recall, you know, lines from a movie or, or even as an example, Braveheart, and you can nearly quote it word for word from beginning to end. Okay. What did that take to be able to do that? One, I like the movie and two, I like it so much that I'm going to watch it over and over and over and over and over again. And while the movie is going, I'm repeating the words and the lines that I know. And I'm also picking up the words before and after. And we have to have that same kind of love. And you need to get it. And lots of us are all there too for, for that, for that book. Yeah. Cause I, I'm an audible. You'll learn to do the same thing. Yeah. I'm an audible person. Um, sure. when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, so I am waiting for, uh, Jeff reads the Bible Yeah, and then I will have it memorized. Mm -hmm. That's right. Jeff reads the Bible coming to you soon. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Hopefully he feels better. And I actually get a copy of that, man. It'd be like the greatest gift I ever had. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Well, you better hurry and do it or somebody's going to do an AI version of Morgan Freeman doing it and everybody's going to get that one. I know. And it'll be all wrong. <laughs> it'll start off with Noah's Ark, a fairy tale and a myth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just still amazed, man, that, that this woman is, is a preacher at a church. I don't know why, because I'm seeing so many of these people that are like 
you know, trans friendly, gay friendly, you know, like I said, we should all be friendly, but you know, there's, you don't talk about it in a great way in a church. You know what I'm saying? Not, and, and not from a doctrinal from, standpoint. Yeah. It's totally wrong. I mean, when she started off with, do you know who you, you know, the story of Noah's Ark and she goes, Oh, you don't like red flag right there. Because I don't care if you're a Christian or not, you know, the story of the animals on the boat, you know what Which I'm saying? Is a totally baiting comment yeah. to make. Cause she's about to impart on everyone, her personal take on the myth yeah. that is Noah. It, exactly. And then when she said Noah's Ark, a story about a big boat to, called an ark and it's a myth. I'm like, okay, I would have checked out. I would have been like, all right, but she still had a, a, an audience, a pretty big one. Um, but this is so dangerous is because that's what a lot of these, um, I don't know what to call them. I, I just infiltrators, um, wolves in sheep's wolves clothing. Sheep and yet they're yeah. really not even in sheep's. Well, I mean, in essence, she's in sheep's clothing because she's wearing, you know, she has her collar. She has her little rainbow scarf, you know, whatever the vestment that that is. It's kind of a combination of Episcopalian Catholic and Methodist type yeah. stuff. And it's just utter junk. It's utter, utter junk. And again, that's where if you want if you're looking for something to do it's those type places that are dark that you need to go shine your light yeah exactly and that's what we are doing right here and right now and it may come a day where we end up imprisoned like john the baptist like paul mm -hmm. you know it may come to a day where we lose our heads like some of the other apostles are crucified or murdered in the streets as an example to others. It may come to that point someday, but it's all right. You know what I'm saying? Because we're serving God and we're doing his purpose. And I would rather die serving God than live not serving God. Mm -hmm. You know, I will do uh, the die is to gain. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. And I know and if you're thinking, and if you're, if you're one that's complaining about all of that, and you're not doing anything about it, God's going to ask you why not, especially if he's put it and tapped it on your heart. I need you to do this. Well, I don't want to die. Well, then, or I don't want to go alone. There's some people, I know there's some of you guys that think of that. I can't go do that on my own, but you're not alone. He'll say, I never if, knew you. If, if, well, you don't, that, then you are alone. Yeah. That's those are then the, you, then you are alone. Yeah. The last words that I ever, ever want to hear period mm. are those words out of God's mouth or Jesus's mouth. I never knew you. Yep, man, mm -hmm. I I would literally bust into tears right then and there, mm -hmm. like, oh man, I messed up, you know. And it's not a matter, like I say, because when he says that, to, you know, when he when he talks about that particular thing in scripture, I never knew you. It was people that talked about Jesus that maybe preached a little bit of verses here and there, but God doesn't want you to do the bare minimum. You know what I'm saying? He wants you to serve Him, to fight for Him, to not be embarrassed, to walk head on facing the beast and still being who you are a, a child of God, you know, mm -hmm. um, like I said, the last words you ever want to hear is I never knew you. So you were talking, when you were talking about, um, Cyrus, there's a passage in Isaiah 44 and it's Isaiah 44, 24 through 28. And it says, thus, the, the, thus says the Lord, your redeemer, he's telling you who it is. And what he is, your redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb, 
How can you be alone if you're with the guy who formed you from the womb? I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spread abroad the earth by myself, who frustrates the signs of the babblers, drives the diviners mad, who turns wise men backward and makes their knowledge foolishness, who confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers, who says to Jerusalem, you shall be inhabited. This is what Isaiah was talking about coming when it referred to to, uh, Cyrus too. To the cities of Judah, you shall be built, and I will raise upon her waste places. Who says to the deep, be dry, and I will dry up your rivers? Who says of Cyrus, he's my shepherd, and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built, and to the temple. The foundation shall be laid. But the first part of that is is really what's cool. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you in the the womb, I am the Lord, who makes all things. So we made all the, he made, he's made all of it, all the people that you're going to have to confront, all the people that you're going to come in contact with. He knew it. He he made them and he made you to do it. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you, you won't be alone. You won't be alone. And we've got the, exactly. And the thing is, is if you've got God in your heart, you're never alone. So if you fear dying by yourself, you don't know Jesus because you know, if you know Jesus and he's in your heart, he's always with you. He's in your heart. He's in your soul. You will never die alone. Um, you know, Isaiah 42, one, behold, my servant whom I uphold my chosen and whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. So, Every example that we use this week, because remember, we started with Judas. We, we worked our way through. Even Judas had his goal. You know, his, he was destined to do this, and he had the free will. God never removes our free will. He just made the wrong choice, and he ended up serving the purpose that God needed him to serve, which was ultimately, you know, Judas's actions is ultimately what led up to our salvation because of Christ ending up on that cross. Now, Judas in hell, yeah, he's in hell. Um, There's no question about that. But he still did, like I say, God uses people just like he used Cyrus, just like Nebuchadnezzar. Um, You know, I just am glad that, uh, and I hope, you know, I guess we'll know at the end that we're being used in a good way to serve Christ instead of one of those things like Judas, where we end up doing God's will um, which ha- which must be done. But the thing is, though, is if, if once again, I go back to free will. Um, what if Judas had not fulfilled that law? You know what I'm saying? God would have had someone else step in and fulfill that law at some point anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, because he can't, but, <laughs> he doesn't remove free will because we still have that. We're not drones or robots. No. At the same time, and that kind of that goes back to what we were talking about the other day with with that. He gave us free will, but he also knows what the choice is going to be. Yeah, God knew. So he didn't have to, it wasn't, you know, you you made a really good, you brought up a really good question, which was something that we humans would be able to discuss. What if Judas hadn't done this? What would have then happened? Which is an interesting, you know, conversation, but it's one that God doesn't have. Because God would answer to you, he has free will. I already know what his choice is going yes, to be. Exactly. Right? Which is which is incredible. Which is incredible. So then that takes away all your fear, even from your choice. Now, when the Holy Spirit's talking to you and saying, you need to go right, and you go, well, I think I'm going to go left. 
this time. You know ahead of time, you know it on your heart, right? What your decision is and whether it's right or wrong. That's the free will part. God does know ahead of time. That's why he does put things, you're going to find out magically, put things in my place when I made the wrong choices. You already knew it. He was recalculating your GPS yeah, to get you back on the path. Yes. If he didn't care about you and just told you your free will and you're on your own, then you'd be off doing your own thing. Yeah, exactly. But like I said, though, is that we don't ever lose that free will. But like you said, too, is that God mm-hmm. does know your heart. You mm-hmm. know, he knows what sure. your ability and your intentions. Otherwise, you know, he wouldn't be wasting so much time on us. And, and we've discussed this before. Before, I you know I can only use my example because of these are my experiences. But before right. I knew God, God knew me. Did I know mm-hmm. it at the time? No. Do I see it today? Yeah, because I can still look back onto my life and see how God had been intervening the whole time and literally preparing me for when yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah. So when I was five years old and a little ruffian and a little drug addict, 17 year old, God knew where I was going to be today. But he also knew not that he made me a drug addict. He didn't. That was my choice. You know, Mm -hmm. I made those stupid decisions, but God also knew that my bad decisions would ultimately be a phenomenal testimony down the road to keep others from from walking the same path that I started. That's it. And glory goes to him. Exactly. Now, instead of back then when glory would go to us, us. we make decisions. And that is, is the essence of what it is that we're fighting against those folks who are filled with evil, whether they're pure, full on demons or just in spirits, they have spirits of just whatever. That's exactly what they're fighting. You're here for that time to impart onto them. There was in your testimony, there was a man that came and talked to you. Yes. And then you never saw him again. Never. Right. Never. If you, not you, you, that I'm pointing to you, but you listening, you can be that man in someone else's life. You may not even know it that you already have been that man yeah. in someone else's life five or six or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. But if you're not doing what God is telling you to do, you can't be that man that was in no. Duncan's life. And then you don't be, you have zero opportunity to, to impact that person the way that you feel that you should be doing it now yes because every there's always someone out there who is either going through or about to go through what you already have amen and god can use you to pull them out of that situation because sometimes they just need to hear it like oh you mean you've been clean for this many years and you used to do what so that means that i can too or the same thing with my thing now. I've got a relationship with Christ. I never knew that I could possibly do that because I was one of those people that said, I'm not worthy. You know, but now I realize I'm still not worthy. But God still loves me nonetheless. And He's given me an opportunity that I didn't think that I had. And mm-hmm. this is where our stories come in just to reignite that. And people like, no, look, none of us are worthy. So you just get that out of your head. We are all, <laughs> That's right. You're not special. Yeah. We're all unworthy. Yeah. Many of us were pieces <laughs> of crap in our past lives, but yeah. today we're better pieces of crap than we were. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got more corners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so 
it, it's um it's amazing like i said even those even in our own lives just like we've talked about this week questionable events questionable people you can even see that in your own your very own life you know what i'm saying things that you've done in your past and i don't regret these things it was a time that i did before i knew jesus i regretted the things that i had done in my past the moment that i knew jesus i no longer regretted them i embraced it and started utilizing it to help others and and this is the thing is never be embarrassed never because i think about those years where i was embarrassed and i didn't tell my story and i wasn't helping people and those are wasted years that i could have helped other people but eventually you embrace this and we become our own Cyruses, our own Nebuchadnezzars. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we end up becoming other examples of people that God has always loved, has always had faith in us, you know what I'm saying, as his children, has always cared just like your own father or mother care about you right here on this earth. They want to see you at your best and they're not going to give up on you. Yep. You know, I mean, most parents won't give up on you and God, he'll never give up on you. God asks us to pray for our enemies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He asked us to pray for Schiff and Pelosi and Schumer and Nadler and and Soros. Soros yeah. And Biden and because Biden. and Soros, because those two all of those cats, most of the three quarters of those cats you just named are all about to see him really soon. Yes. Because they're all in their eighties. Yes. And their time is short. Well not not because we're going to do anything. It's just because they're in their eighties and they're old. And we pray that they see him long-term and not for that yeah. 22nd. Sorry. I don't know you. I don't know you. Yeah. Ploof. That would be heartbreaking. You know, something you were just talking about, and this is important about the testimony. You said something about being embarrassed about, well, not you now, but, but sometimes you can be embarrassed about not telling your, uh, of who you were, mm -hmm. who you used to be, the things that you did. And I just saw Matt and Hev say, uh, you know, happen to put in clean slate you know, when, when we accept, um, you know, Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And, it, and I got to thinking about that. If you keep, if you can't tell people who you were before, they're not going to be able to understand you. Say that again. Un they're not going to be able to understand you. Yeah, exactly. That's, they're not going to be able to understand it because they're, they're going to see you as you are now. They're going to be like, well, but that's just who you always have been. No, I need to show you the dirty plate so mm -hmm. that you can see in the clean slate. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's exactly. It's ins inspirational to people. Um, and like I said, it just shows other people that haven't found what we have now mm -hmm. that they can find what we have yeah. now, Absolutely. you know, and, uh, I, one of these days, um, I will read a letter to you guys that um, I actually came across in the move. Um, Livin found it. Yes. And uh, it was a letter that was, you know, God has sent angels in my life multiple times. Um, either A, like this first angel that, that Colin was talking about that came up to me on the beach and said, you don't know where you're going. You don't know where when you're going to go or where you're going. But when you get there, you'll know exactly why you're there. And that was my literally 24 hours later i was on a train heading to rhode island got off the train to a rehab um little those little phone numbers to a rehab thing you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying so this angel sent me this direction unfortunately even in my drug state i recognized you know and there was more things that encouraged me to get out but nonetheless god set all of that up to make sure that i even with my free will made the right choice 
And then on multiple other occasions, he's had angels in my life encourage me. Like one guy that wrote me a letter on an airplane one time, I was really questioning, am I doing the right thing? Am I going to the right place? This is when I was checking out film school up in, and when I was leaving on New York and going to Michigan. Um, and, uh, I wasn't sure if I was doing the right thing. And then sure enough, um, he handed me this letter. I thought it, I thought it said, dear son, I thought he was writing a letter to his kid, but it wasn't, it was to me just, he said, I don't know why I know I'm a total stranger, but God wanted me to tell you and then that you're doing the right thing and you're making the right decision. So what was the right decision? A, I got to know my mom again, mm -hmm. um, and got to spend, and we've been close ever since this, this time, but, um, B I went to film school and you know, I thought that film school was going to bring me into Hollywood and then it ended up bringing me into, uh, entertainment sports, but that wasn't the reason that, that I thought the reason was what I'm doing right now. It's directing these revivals. It's, um, doing this podcast. It's making the pains angels videos. I never saw any of this. Even after I got my degree, I never saw where I was going. But like I said, God, if you really pay attention, he sends you little hints that you're doing the right thing and little hints when you're doing the wrong thing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's how do we the value listen? of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Well, look at God bringing us here. I know just like mm -hmm. God brought us here, you know, like literally in a month, literally a month, we put together mm -hmm. a revival yeah. that will all, that many of us will be attending um, next week. Next week, but you dang sure hadn't put together a greenhouse. So talk to him about that. Hey, revivals are more important than the greenhouse. If we can get this revival through well, then God will bless us with a greenhouse. That's right. You know what? I can see we're, we may have our own little bards greenhouse raising. So you were defeated. So, so you were defeated by Satan. No, I was defeated no, by a greenhouse. Defeated by a greenhouse. <laughs> We're greenhouse a, gases? No, 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 a literal greenhouse. A greenhouse. Thanks, climate change. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and before I go to prayer, um, I want to say something that Jeff had mentioned to me earlier. Um, and, and I found that it was, once again, uh, we, Jeff ended up becoming a big part of the show too, because a lot of the conversation we had kind of fit into what we're talking about is Paul. So what happened to, to Saul on that road to Damascus? He was blinded by Christ. He was blinded so eventually he can see. But what happened to Saul that before he became Paul, the, the huge Christian that built more churches and spread the gospel farther than most of the disciples and the other apostles? He had to be humbled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now I want you to go back and look at some of the other examples that we discussed this week. You know what I'm saying? Nebuchadnezzar had a little knockdown to his ego when he realized that the God um, of heaven, our heavenly father was the one true God, knocked him down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's one thing that gets us in the most trouble. And I think that's why God mentions it over in scripture again, is the importance of humility, letting go of the ego is that ego has a way of getting us in trouble more than anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. God resists the proud. Mm -hmm. And, and, and uh, Jeff also made a comment that You'll notice that the people that did God's service with great humility didn't have a lot of problems that some of the other guys with the egos had. They had to get knocked down a little bit. Like I said, Paul had to be blinded so he, so he could see. Yeah. He never truly saw before he was blinded. 
But the moment that he was, his sight was restored, he saw everything the way that it should have been. It ended up becoming one of God's great servants. Um, you know, so do everything in humility, you know, and, and recognize that any great deed that you do isn't you. It's God working through you. And we should be thankful that God loved us enough, even in the worst part of our lives, to get us to where we are right here today, together on this mission. And like I said before, this machine of missions, we have one big mission for God, but we all had separate missions to complete this big mission. And if you remove one cog from that machine, the machine doesn't work anymore. What happens if you take a spark plug out of a car? Every other piece in that whole car may be working, but your car's not going to work. You take one moving part out of God's big will plan and everything ceases, you know what I'm saying? Because then the next mission can't be completed and the next mission can't be completed. So, you know, at the very least, we got to remember is that, you know, when you down someone, you're downing yourself. When you're helping someone, you're helping yourself. You know, this is the beauty of God's mission. This is the beauty of unifying and not dividing, which is why the devil is trying to divide us more than he ever has because division removes a spark plug from the car. Yes, absolutely. Amen. So Conley, do you have anything that you want to add before we go to prayer? Don't be, don't be biblically illiterate. Yes. There don't be biblically illiterate. Well said, Conley. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you again for another day. Thank you for giving us another day to come talk. And thank you for the nudge that you did with the topics this week. Just understanding that within everything good, there can be bad. With everything bad, there can be good. It's all how you look at it and perceive it. And Father, everything on this earth that you do, that your hand is in, which is everything, benefits you in some way although we may not see it dear lord because we can only see what's happening in front of us but we generally can't see the outcome we have whispers of the outcome within scripture so we have an idea as to where we're going we know that you win this big war but dear lord on the human sake as, as as the flesh side of our of our existence it's hard to see anything other than what we're dealing with right now so father let us grow in our faith dear lord that is the reason that we have faith because we love you, we trust you, and we have faith in you. Therefore, we have faith in everything that you promised and everything that was prophesied by those that you gave the prophecies to. So, dear Lord, I ask that if you deem it necessary to give us another day tomorrow, because you only promise us today. Dear Lord, if we get another day tomorrow, let us not waste a second. Let us utilize every second, make every second count in your heavenly name. Dear Lord, I ask that if you see it fit, to let us prophesy as you promised dear Lord, the sons, the daughters, the fathers, the mothers, we, we would prophesy. Doesn't make us prophets, dear Lord, but you're giving us insight into what we need to do. Let us listen carefully, dear Lord, and let us be certain it's you talking to us and not Satan. Dear Lord, I ask that you remove all temptation and evil from our lives, dear Lord, because the more we serve you, sometimes in ways our lives get easier, but in other ways our lives get more difficult. And I'm not complaining, Father, because it's absolutely worth it. Nothing great is easy. And I understand that more and more every single day. Don't let us be confused or deceived, dear Lord, by the lies in this world. Certainly don't let us become part of the deception and the lies, not even on accident. Dear Lord, when we make a move, when we speak to someone, when we speak your words, 
Let it always be your will and not ours, dear Lord. We are fallible. We make big mistakes, dear Lord. And I don't trust myself, but I do trust you. And I trust that you're sending me in the right direction and everybody here. But dear Lord, let us never stop listening. Let us always listen and learn how you speak to us, dear Lord, because you speak to us all in the ways that we know we can hear you, whether it be our dreams, whether it be just a random sound that we hear of you talking in our ears, we're awake, dear Lord. Let us all learn how to listen to you. Let us never stop talking to you, dear Lord, because we know even if we can't hear you speak back, we know you are, and we know you're working in our lives. So dear Lord, let us have knowledge, but don't let us have knowledge without wisdom because knowledge is a dangerous thing if we don't know how to use it. So dear Lord, fill us with wisdom and discernment so we have a better understanding as to the days that we're walking into. But like you said, Father, fear not. Dear Lord, let us let go of all fear because fear is just going to get us in trouble and fear is a tool that the devil uses to have us submissive, to fall to our knees, dear Lord, in defeat and not falling to our knees in prayer like we should be. Father, let us enter this battlefield that we're walking into with our eyes wide open, with our hearts open, with our souls fully embraced by your love and your grace and your mercy. And dear Lord, if it comes to a day and we've got bullets flying past our heads, let us fear not because we're serving you, dear Lord. There's no greater honor in this world than to die serving you. So let us spend every moment, every day serving you. Dear Lord, I've had a motto my whole life, even before I knew you. I said, I want to die doing something noble. And the only way that you can die doing something noble is to spend every moment of your life doing noble things. Well, dear Lord, I've changed this now. Let me die serving you. And dear Lord, the only way that I can guarantee that I'm going to die serving you is to spend every moment that I have on this earth serving you. Dear Lord, let us work on this earth until the moment you bring us home because this isn't our home, but we are still here. And we have children to protect. We have the innocent, dear Lord, who need to know you more than we did. They need to be born knowing you, dear Lord, so they won't be confused and have to unlearn as much as we have. And they can focus on learning the wisdom instead of the knowledge. Dear Lord, let us spend time protecting our elders because with them dies the wisdom of a better day, dear Lord. Those days are gone. There's no more drinking out of the garden hoses. There's no more staying outside until the lights come on. Dear Lord, we're in a very unsafe world but you're changing this. You're going to bring us home. You're going to bring us back to the kingdom and you're going to destroy all of the evil and the sin that this earth dwells, dear Lord. So I ask, dear Lord, that you let us repent. You listen to our repentance, dear Lord, as we try every day to become better people. And every day we're one day closer to being in your arms in heaven, dear Lord. And we're one day better than we were the day before. Let us never be ashamed of our past, dear Lord, but utilize it to help other people so that they can find what we have today. But dear Lord, we have a long ways to go ourselves individually. We will never stop working to have other people will find that narrow path and to find you so they can accept you into their heart. But we need to work on ourselves every day because dear Lord, we're not perfect. Dear Lord, we get caught up in the turmoil. We fall victim of the misinformation sometimes as well. We focus on the wrong things. But dear Lord, we do need to understand what's happening in this world. But we need not to trust man, but we need to trust you and know that everything that happens is going to happen the way that you want it to. That one day Satan will be cast into the pit of hell along with all evil in this world. And we will be living in a righteous place again like we were always meant to. But dear Lord, in the meantime, let us try to make this earth as righteous as we possibly can. 
building our army more and more, praying for our enemies, making this army bigger and bigger in your heavenly name, which is going to be what we're going to need to defeat the devil. Dear Lord, thank you for everything you blessed us with. Thank you for this beautiful family that you've given us. Dear Lord, and finally I asked it. You just continue to watch over Jeff and help him to get better every single day, dear Lord, because I know you've got great plans for that guy. He doesn't know all that he's done, but he's been a great inspiration in my life, and he has been a big attribute to who I am this very day. I also ask, Father, that you be with his wife, Insidious, and bless her with the job that she needs, dear Lord. She is one that stands up, does your work, and stands up to do everything she can to take care of hers and her, her family. And I know that Jeff loves and appreciates her so much, dear Lord. So I just ask that you lift them both up, bring them back into this battle stronger than they ever were, dear Lord, so they can be part of what you have destined for them, which are pretty big things. Father, thank you for everything you blessed us with. Thank you for everything that we take for granted, the things that we recognize, the things that we don't. We love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right. On, right on. Well, man, once again, Conley, thank you so much um, for, for being here this evening. Um, You're welcome, brother. It's been a great uh, series of conversations about events. And like I said, that's the thing about the Bible. It's like no matter what circumstance, scenario, or question you have, the answer's in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Sure is. It just becomes a little easier to find when you know the Bible. That's why it's called the living Bible. Yeah, exactly. The living word. The living word. It never stops manifesting. It manifests through us. And then God starts end up using us in some pretty amazing ways. And like I said, I'm so far from being who I want to be, but I'm a lot closer to being who I want to be than I was even a year ago, you know? And next year, well, if we make it, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm hoping the Raptors before then, because we're about to see some craziness. Um, but nonetheless, God's going to take care of all of this. So trust in God. Don't go get those shots. Don't wear your mask. Be non-compliant to the things of this earth. Don't be governed by anything but our Heavenly Father, because all they're going to do is try to throw you in the quarantine camps. There's only one quarantine that I want to be in. And that's, that's heaven. heaven. Yep. The ultimate. Yep. No diseases there. Just mm -hmm. trees of life with uh with filet mignon that doesn't cost sixty seven dollars at your local <laughs> store. <laughs> baseball and macadamia nut cookies and baseball. That's right. But uh, and maybe some hockey because the Canadians are going there too. Yeah, that's a very good point. There has to be some hockey. I'd imagine there's got to be some God hockey. likes hockey. Probably less violent in heaven. No, nah, I don't know. Well, probably, but it'll be more righteous anger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's a righteous uh, toss the gloves off event. There's no beer hockey in heaven. And we'll just say it that way. No beer hockey. <laughs> no, no beer, no beer leagues. Oh, yeah, no beer leagues. Um, maybe no wine hockey. Leagues. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the, some, wine, maybe the some, wine leagues. Yeah, maybe some wine. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. But uh, once again, thank you, Conley. Living, thank you so much. I love you very, very much. Um, guys, we'll be doing a show tomorrow, Brothers on the Bible. We'll be back on Monday um, with the Conley. Conley will be taken off early um, the next day to start his journey over to Flemingsburg, Kentucky for Bards Fest. And then uh, the rest of the week, we'll be focusing on getting Bards Fest set up and completed. So, um, like I said, starting Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then um, Sunday morning, we'll be having the sunshine service, or the sunrise service. Um We'll have uh, at least four days of things for you to watch and listen to. Like I said, we'll be on Podbean, Rumble, Clout Hub, and I believe that's it. If there's uh, maybe YouTube until YouTube kicks us off. 
So we will definitely be letting you know. Um, go to our Kilted Christian on Telegram. It's got a list of all the speakers that are going to be speaking. This is going to be uh, multiple days of prayer. It's what a revival is about. Coming together, praying for this nation, praying for this world, praying for the salvation and the souls to be saved because we got a lot of work to do. But the beautiful thing is, is God has all in our missions. We're going to do our best. So everyone, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I don't think it's going to be on Bridie and Chris. Um, I haven't heard that. Bridie on is always a little bit more difficult to get the codes that we need to. Um, but we will certainly let everybody know if it will be on Bridie. And other than that, like I do know Rumble, we'll try it on YouTube until they give us the boot. We made it all the way through the last one. Yeah. Um, Podbean, in case you want the chat, and then Clout Hub, because not many people like the Clout Hub chat, yeah. but people do like to watch the visuals. So maybe you can put it up and watch the visuals on Clout Hub mm -hmm. and be part of the chat on uh, Podbean. So thank you all very, very much. I love you so much. I hope you have an absolutely beautiful rest of the day. It was an honor to have Jeff in here with us and Insidious again. I love you both very, very much, and I miss you terribly. We all do. And I'm glad that you got to see the love that we see every single night for both of you. Everyone have an absolutely beautiful night. Thank you for watching Kilted Christian episode 461, Brothers in a Bible. And I leave you with Daryl Boyer, Just a Patriot. Life cuts me down and the lies tell me I've been abandoned When the darkness surrounds and it seems that there's no hope inside I can call on your name and you release my pain, Lord, you hear me I can lean into you, Lord, and know that you'll carry me. Because I need for you to carry me up on your shoulders. You're releasing your peace with every breath that I breathe. I can call your name and your love covers pain. There's no place that I'd rather be right here with you. I'm safe in your eyes. I'm washed in the blood. You see, fear is the enemy. Left to its lies, it'll break me. I won't be led to believe that all feelings I have should be trusted. I can let go fear as you open my eyes to your hand on me. I can lean into you, Lord. Know that you'll fight for me Lord, you fight Oh, I need for you To carry me up on your shoulders 
your peace with every breath that I bring. And I can call on your name and your love covers pain. There's no place that I'd rather be than right here with you. I'm safe in your arms. I'm washed in the blood. You see all of the lies that fill up my mind. They come straight from the voice of the enemy. I will give up this pride and run straight to the fight. Cause I know you're living in me. Lord, I'll step across fear and surrender my life and become who you called me to be. Who you called me to be. I will trust you, Lord, because I need for you to carry me up on your shoulders. You're releasing your peace with every breath that I breathe. Lord, I call on your name and your love covers pain. There's no place that I'd rather be than right here with you. I'm safe in your arms. I'm lost in the blood. I'm lost in the blood. I'm lost in the blood. Lord, I'm lost in the blood. an absolutely beautiful rest of your Saturday. Enjoy yourselves. Go out and do something you love. Read some scripture. Talk to the family. Pray to God and thank Him for all the wonderful things we have on this earth. Guys, we will see you tomorrow night for Kilted Christian episode 462. Brother's fiance in the Bible. <laughs> Jeff will be back with us soon enough. Just keep praying for him that he feels better. Pray for Insidious that she gets that job. I know that God's going to take care of both of them for sure. If he's taking care of me, he's definitely taking care of them. Guys, I love you very much. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. See you tomorrow night, and God bless.